Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. to this week's Paper Talk Extra. I'm joined by Peter McNamara and Rob McNamara and we're going to take a little trip down memory lane as we look back over the first 25 years of the Premier League. We're going to go through some of the moments, some of the teams, some of the goals and we're going to have a very, very heated discussion on the best 11 of the, of the era. Um, lads, I'm going to start this by looking back at some of the moments and some of the year moments of the first 25 years. Um, I've got plenty. Um, I think if you're looking in recent times, you're looking at the Leicester City win. And you go back a little bit and you're looking at the Aguero, the last day of the season, the Gerrard slip. You're looking at stuff like the beach ball, the Canio, Keane versus Vieira, Bordcamp's goals, Cantona's goals, Adebayor's celebrations. I, I'm just throwing a few out here. That's running off the top of my head. Rob, I'm going to come to you. Can you pick out one or two moments that really stand out for you? Um, I think my moment of the Premier League goes back to the very start of it when the whole thing was starting up and you know Sky came in and you know it turned out to be the greed is good league and I suppose now we're in a situation where supporters don't really you know the clubs don't give anything back to supporters anymore but back when the Premier League started uh, I think the intention of it was um, to, to make you know football a better amenity for supporters to go to to, to enjoy to make the league better and I suppose it was very exciting when it started first and Sky came in and this whole advertising campaign with all the players and Simple Minds Alive and Kicking and you know I grew up as a, as a Man United fan in primary school in, in the 80s and all my friends were all Liverpool and Arsenal fans and there was just me and one other guy actually in the class who were Man United fans and you know people would always say well, who do you support and you say Man United and they say you're a glory hunter or whatever but you know I remember when United you know, we're big spenders, but, you know, finishing 13th in the league, 6th in the league, 7th in the league, finishing behind Man City, you know, we do that nowadays, but <laughs> back then it was, uh, it was a shock. But, you know, I think winning, Man United winning the first Premier League, I remember when it happened, um, Aston Villa went to Oldham and lost 1-0. And Man United played Blackburn the next day and re- received a trophy and, you know, I think it was about 11 or 12 at the time, so it was fantastic to see that. It was absolutely magical, like, to see Brian Robson and, and Steve Bruce, um, and my heroes, lift a, lift a trophy. So I think the, the first season it was really, really exciting. It was a great title race as well between Norwich and Aston Villa and United. Um, so if I was to pick one moment, it would be going back to that just purely for nostalgia reasons nostalgic reasons um, no very good I, I think I think actually following on from that the, the one season I remember 
uh, quite vividly is actually the first season United didn't win the Premier League uh, the final day of the season at West Ham and I have hated West Ham since really have hated uh, we drew with him. Um, Blackburn were losing to Liverpool. All that we needed was one goal, and we could just not score. I think was it Les Seeley was in goal for West Ham even at the time. It was, oh, backs against the wall. They kept out, and Blackburn went on to win the title by losing to Liverpool. It was actually Ludic McCloskey who was in goals for West Ham. Right. Never forget that guy's name. Yeah, there we go. Pete, do you want to give us some of the rundown on uh, maybe the moments that stand out for you over the 25 years? When actually. One of the moments I want to discuss is one actually, it's actually quite recent, I suppose. Um, United uh, last night's Champions League result for uh, Spurs uh, <laughs> does not come into it. <laughs> uh, that's unfortunate because I, I think I have a Spurs 11. Ago, yeah. um, no, United were playing Carroll Road, I think it was last season, the season before maybe. And uh, just at the end of the game, one match I went over to one of their supporters, he was sitting in the wheelchair behind the goal, he was a kid. And you just kind of spent time with him and, you know, just, just chatting to him and stuff like that. And it made the kids' day. And it just felt, for me, I thought it was a, an indication of how good a person one matter was in a day and age where sports and professional sportsmen can be so abrupt and dismissive. Not all, but mm. some can be because of the money they have and all the rest of it. So I just thought it was really classy from a United man to do that. He seems like a classy guy and... I just felt what it represented. Uh, to me, it represent. I know it sounds a bit cliche, but it represented what sports should be about. Um, I know, like you know, you see a lot in the GA. It happens a lot in the GA, but you just so rarely see something like that in in uh, cross channel soccer and European soccer, or whatever. So for for Mata to go to the not to trouble, but to go out do his way to make sure that that kid had had a moment like that. For me, it, that's what it was all really about, and. Rob's point was excellent. I thought bringing, bringing, bringing it back to the very start because it's just so different now to when we started. And I, as he was speaking, I was at the, the live and kicking team two was going along in my head, like you know. So, um, yeah, the Premier League's been absolutely amazing. I mean, you know, if it if it wasn't here, what would we be like now? I wonder what the old first division, if it was still in place, would be. You know, what kind of there wouldn't be half the razzmatazz. I'd say maybe in ways it might be better, but. You know, even the Panther there on Monday morning coming into work with all of us and stuff like that. Like, you know, you see, even just come in there today and a bit of banter with the lads about the result last night. When you're supporting a team across the water, it's it's a cool thing because, like, even you're going over to matches there now and again. And there are always little moments that you remember. But for me, that was definitely my favourite moment of the Premier League era. Yeah, no, very interesting. Um, the moments there, lads picked out who, uh, not, not, two moments that would stand out in let's say top 10 lists um, but very interesting nonetheless and kind of a, a bit of a personal touch can, can I just come in with my, my moment as well that hasn't happened and that's Liverpool not winning the league which you know is alright we'll, we'll quickly move on or we'll lose a, lo- a load of fans on this already that's 25 years we've seen some of the best players in the world on the premiership uh, stage and I've asked over the last week that you look at a top 11 uh, a first 11 in any formation that you want. Um, there must be one Irish player in it and w- three from any one club only, right? I know you've spent a long hours at this and I know that there's been... The BBC did a big campaign at the start of this season and Sky have done the same, but I'm going to ask Rob to start off by, first of all, naming his formation and giving us his goalkeeper and defensive line. OK, well, I've, I've gone for a four... 
four two, which can kind of turn into a four three three as well if if needed. I've a, a bit of a luxury player in there, which I'll speak about um, later on. Um, the the restrictions you put on us were quite stringent mm. in terms of we can only pick three players from each side, um, and we had to have an Irish player in there, which which was no problem. But um, I've had to leave out numerous players that I would have automatically come into my head to go straight into my team. And I've had to do that, particularly with my goalkeeper. Um, when I think of great goalkeepers in the Premier League, Peter Schmeichel you know, is the first one that comes to mind. Um, possibly one of the greatest shot stoppers ever. Like, I mean, the saves he made. I remember one particular save at Whitehall Lane um, against Spurs, actually, where he dived to, to his right top-hand corner. I think 93-94 season. I can't remember who took the shot now. Um, but it was, it was just unbelievable save um, and you know he won so much with United as well and he was you know the linchpin of that back four with um, Parker, Irwin Bruce and Pallister um, but for me technically Edwin van der Zaar was a slightly better goalkeeper he was calmer um, I always felt that if it came down to it and he was in a one-on-one one, one situation um, with a striker that he would stop the ball. I never quite 100% felt that with Schmeichel. Um, but I've had to leave both of them out because I can, I can only have three Man United players in my team. So I've gone for David Seaman in goals. Um, Pete is shaking his head because he's an Arsenal player. But, um, you know, he was he had that defence in front of him of Dixon, Winterburn, uh, Tony Adams and uh, Bo- Steve Bold and Martin Keon kind of rotated but for me Seaman was the saves he used to make were just unbelievable um, he was you know such a solid goalkeeper a very very big guy and a wide guy as well um, you wouldn't think he'd be as nimble as he was but he just made shots he just made saves that you didn't expect him to make I think there was one in an FA Cup semi-final in 1998 where he reached behind him and the ball was almost over That's the line right, and he yeah. scooped it out it was was amazing um, and also the greatest tasher in Premier League history as well so Absolutely. for me uh, David Seaman has to go in there um, Very good. in terms of the back four I, I tend to pick players on, on criteria in terms of ability first of all and second of all would I want them in the dressing room if I was a player or a manager <laughs> so John Terry and Ashley Goal have automatically been omitted on, on the second criteria there um, just as characters I didn't really like them both fantastic players but as characters I, I wouldn't have them around you know you wouldn't know what they'd be getting up to uh, right back I've gone for Lee Dixon I think a very very underrated player the only player that ever seemed to flummox him was, was Ryan Giggs he hated facing Ryan Giggs mm. but he was such such a solid player again in that back five that Arsenal had which won the double in, in 98 um, and you know progressed from the George Graham days where Arsenal used to win 1-0 onto the kind of attacking days of, of Arsene Wenger when he brought a whole new philosophy to Arsenal. I think he was a very good player, Lee Dixon, and, and very underrated. On the other side, um, I had a bit of so, a... So, so just, I'm going I'm to be devil's advocate the whole way through this. Yeah. Gary Neville doesn't. Oh, well, I had to leave Gary Neville out because... And, and Dennis Irwin as well yeah. doesn't get in my team because, because of the restrictions, the restrictions you put on us with cool. players. So, I mean, again, you know... The, the first players that would come to mind would be Man United players, obviously, because I'm a United fan, but Gary Neville and Dennis Erwin would, would get into any Premier League, any great Premier League team, but okay. fortunately they don't make it on this occasion. On the left-hand side, thinking about le- left-backs, as I said, a left actually call out, even though he was a fantastic player and you can't argue with what he won in the game. Um, 
But I had to think about Graham Lesseau. I think Graham Lesseau was another underrated player. Got himself involved in some controversies at times. Got really, really bad um, slaggings off from opposition um, supporters. He had that incident with, I think it was Robbie Fowler, was it, there one time? Um, but he did win the league with Blackburn um, in 94-95. Went on to have a very successful career with Chelsea as well. I think he won the Cup Winners' Cup and the FA Cup and a couple of other things. But for me... There's only one guy that can go in at left back if it's not Dennis Irwin, and, and that's psycho Stuart Pearce. You know, never won the league, never played in a great Premier League team, but for those free kicks and puffed out cheeks alone, you know, and his goal celebration, one arm aloft, just running away back to his position after scoring a f- cracker. Five time member of the PFA Players of the Year team yeah. as well. So, yeah. you, know, you know, very underrated. Great player and a favourite of mine because he was he was a left footed player as well. I was a left footed yeah. it was a left back when I was a kid, so I always I always kinda of looked up to him. Centre defence, um Ferdinand Vidic, Yapstam. Yapstam is probably the greatest centre back I've ever seen play from for Man United. Um had to leave them all out. Um again because of the restrictions. I needed United players up at the other end of the pitch. Um <laughs> One of my favourite players of all time is getting in there. Um, he played for Man United as well, but not in the Premier League era. Won the uh, PFA Player uh, of the Year in 92-93, Paul McGrath. The silkiest centre-back you'll ever see in your lifetime. Um, was a great servant to Aston Villa and then Derby afterwards. Was involved in a title race with Aston Villa in 92-93. They ran United close. Um they only lost out in the, the third last game of the season when they lost uh, away to Oldham at Boundary Park. Um, for, I just can't look past him. Um, the Black Pearl of Inchicore Core could play in midfield as well. Um, had great passing ability, but also did the defensive stuff really, really well. Um, very, very solid player. Didn't train most of the time, but always turned up and played well in big games. Um, so Paul McGrath would have to go in there. Next to him... I'd have to go for another player who I really admired in my youth. Um, he played in, in the that great uh, AC Milan team that beat Barcelona 4-0 in the 1994 Champions League final. Um, and then signed for Chelsea, Marcel Desailly. Never won the Premier League, which I think is unfortunate because he's a fantastic player. Great in the air, absolutely fantastic in the air. Um, but also another player, another centre-back who wasn't limited in terms of his ability on the ball could play a pass could go into midfield and mix it up um, and so for me David Seaman goalkeeper Stuart Pierce, Pierce left back Lee Dixon right back Marcel Desailly and Paul McGrath centre backs it's a mean looking five it is quite a mean looking five I don't think you I don't think you'd get you'd, you'd score a hell of any, a lot of change out no of no you, you wouldn't no I don't think so no no Pete over to you How, can you counter that to be fair no, I'd say I've be fairly sure that Rob would have an even better team than me overall given that that fight was very impressive I'm actually going for three at the back because I want to put in kind of two auxiliary wing backs because I wanted three central defenders um, and so I'm going to so three five two so to speak um, I'm going to begin with Schmeichel I know that Rob let him out of his team because he can't put enough United players in or the other end of the field but I just felt he was worth 14 or 15 points every year to United he was just and given the fact that he's won so many titles when he was around that can't be a coincidence like funnily enough probably one of his greatest moments was in actually in, actually in that cup game against Arsenal yes. at Villa Park when he saved the penalty and um, 
that was probably that probably moment in itself probably led to so much more for United in, in, in the coming seasons and I just I just felt overall like I remember there was like I took a throw at the old City Stadium one old Manchester City Stadium Main Road and I think he like literally threw it into the opposition box and you're thinking oh in the name is he doing this like so for me he was definitely number one uh, I'm going to go with three at the back as yeah. I said and I'm going to stick with United and putting in Gary Pallister again he was talk about underrated players um, he was for me I think he has four league titles Rob is that correct I think he has four league 92, titles 92, 93, 93, 94 95, 96, 96, 97 yeah and you know in that United team again himself Schmeichel and Bruce they were just unbelievable but the thing about Pallister as well and Bruce I suppose as well Pallister just pop up at a lot of goals you know in key moments from set pieces we and are Liverpool guy. yeah exactly I suppose as United fans you wonder right? <laughs> but he was I, I like I liked back in the day the no nonsense defender, but there was like he was a mean player, but he there was never there was no over the top stuff with him. He was you know there was none of that. PFA Player of the Year ninety one ninety two was that? Yeah, yeah. So like for me, Gary Pallister. And the other United, the only other United player I have on the team is Nemanja Vidic. I thought for me, Vidic, from my opinion, was probably the greatest Premier League central defender I have ever seen. Um, for all the reasons, again, like Gary Pallister, he had it all. And I, I just think his leadership qualities as well, uh, Just he ticked all the boxes for me. He was just combative in all the right areas. He used his head when he needed to, literally and metaphorically. And I just felt that when United were coming again, and Ferguson and Ferguson Mark II in terms of the, the, the recycled, the rejuvenated team he made, he was... Uh, the main state at and the other one is and this is not a Spurs pro thing now but I thought like having seen him play a couple of times talking about a player with dodgy knees Ledley King for me was an absolutely awesome player Um, of course some people say Spurs bias like but no I think anyone outside of Tottenham could appreciate how good Ledley was when he was playing he was actually a very flary centre half like a couple of games I've seen him in uh, at the lane and stuff like that like I've often seen him carrying the ball at the midfield with a lot of grace a lot of panache and there was so much to like about Ledley I think and why, would you, why would you pick Ledley over Sal? Um, and this, and I'm asking this question in purpose I go back to that word grace that I used there a moment ago and um, that's <laughs> all I say but um, in fairness Rob mentioned McGrath and he was actually I was kind of teetering between him and another other Irish guy as yeah. the put, put into my team McGrath was just and McGrath is a gent as well you know Rob hit the nail on the head I wouldn't put fellas in my team that I didn't think were good characters so for me McGrath would definitely would, was just the guy that just missed out and just actually as well an honour would mention that goal for Shea Given who I thought outside of Buffon at that particular time when he was playing at Newcastle United given how poor Newcastle were and he was just like an absolute octopus for me he was the second best keeper in Europe at the time behind Buffon yeah very good point Darren's Shea given I think um, I, I was very surprised that uh, Arsenal never took him up after Seaman I think they could have um, gone on to achieve even greater things after that um, they went through a number of goalkeepers um, look for what it's worth I'll throw out my I'm going with a 3-2-3-2 three, two, three, two formation and I think over the last few years and I think if he stays at United will go on to be the greatest um, keeper in United's history is David De Gea 
Um, I, I just think his development, and I think that has to be taken into consideration for his first year, maybe two years at Old Trafford. Um, he was a bit all over the place, um, but his development has been incredible. And like I'd say, he's probably been the best goalkeeper in the Premiership himself in Courtois. Uh, tight over the last few years but I think De Gea just sneaks in and go there Schmeichel was a hero of mine growing up as well though but uh, I think De Gea has a lot more t- more than um, Schmeichel as well um, at my back I'm going with three uh, I think Vincent Company um, is just an immense immense the, the years Man City won it they needed that leader with what, everything else that they had going on around him he was absolutely supreme and I've gone for two of the guys that you've left off because they're bad characters. I think the reason what makes them such great players is because they, are, they have that nasty side. And I think if you're looking uh, at any level, at any sport, and you're talking to a forward, they'll hate playing against defenders who are in your year, who are a bit of a, you know, a so-and-so, a tug, a whatever. But John Terry and Ashley Cole, um, I, I really think that... Th- I, I would hate, and I'm sure most premiership attackers would have hated coming up against the two boys as well as that John Terry nodded in quite a number of goals for, for Chelsea so that, that would be my goalkeeper defence a um, few people to miss out there Jamie Carragher you know Tony Adams you know I, I noticed the restrictions uh, Ricardo Carvalho is another guy um, just a few names just thrown out there but look as you said you can't pick them all on to midfield Rob you go Um I've gone for a four-man midfield, which can turn into a three-man midfield because one or two of the players that I've picked can, can move into attack when, when needed. Um, but I don't think you can have a conversation about the greatest Premier League midfielders without mentioning Patrick Vieira. Um, I think when he came in to Arsenal, um, he was an unknown quantity. Um, but what he did was he changed, he changed what playing midf- in midfield in the English game was about. Um, previous to his arrival, it was it was you know it was kind of the midfield players would would um, would would maybe knock out a challenge in the first couple of minutes. They they seek to rattle the opposition and then dominate the midfield. He did that as well, but what he also did was he carried the ball long distances. And I don't think there was any player in the Premier League um, or in the first division as it was um, that did that. Took the ball from the defence and carried it all the way forward and created chances. Um, as I said he was a hard nut to play against as well but very very skillful and also got himself into the box and scored goals and he had an absolutely beautiful pass as well he could play the ball in between two central defenders um, for the likes of Henri or Lundberg or um, Viltard or Enelka any of those players to, to run onto um, created so many goals and scored so many goals yeah. but when the going got tough he and was the, guy you wanted to be the weather was cold yeah. and players were rattling off each other like bumper cars you know he could mix it up as well yeah. alongside him he's uh, his Patrick Vieira I take it Patrick Vieira <laughs> yeah. yeah um alongside him um is his nemesis but now his friend um Roy Keane and I'd like to set the, r- the record straight on Roy Keane because I invariably get annoyed when people ask me about Roy Keane because I don't always agree with everything he says um you know in the media I think he kind of he likes to royal people up um, but at the same time, you can't. You have to separate that from what a fantastic player he was, and he's the kind of player that I would like in the dressing room as well because he pushed people. You know, sometimes he went over the top, and pushed people too far. Um, <laughs> but you know, he he would be the kind of guy that you would respect and who would motivate you. And you know, he he was he was a great player, and he did get a lot of plaudits. But I think he's he's 
his actual ability as t- technical ability as a player was, was, was a little bit underrated as well I think he was a decent passer of the ball um, always always looked to pass the ball into, into space always In always always was there as, as an option as well you know never shirked responsibility um, to, to, to take possession of the ball um, and, and could win you games could win you games by dominating the midfield you know and a lot of the times you know he wasn't even he wouldn't even be noticed in games but he'd be running it you know um, so I'd have to go for Roy Keane alongside Patrick Vieira I think that'd be a very very strong central midfield um, on the wing on the, on the left wing I think look I said it about Patrick Vieira already you can't have a conversation with great Premier League players I don't mention him but the same goes for Ryan Giggs you know 13 Premier Leagues um, scored in nearly every season bar his last one so, yet some people will still say that he didn't quite achieve as much as he should have in the game and he wasn't quite the player that he should have been based on his initial performances when he broke into the Man United team in 1990-91 season. Um, but for me, consistently good over a number of years, scored numerous important goals, um, changed his game as well um, as he got older from a flighty winger who used to take defenders on, you know, and he moved, he moved into central midfield. Um, he played an attack at times. Um, and he, what, were, what were his best years? You're saying he was consistently good. I think did he, he was, have did he have great years? Well, he had when he burst onto the scene, ninety two, ninety three, ninety three, ninety four. He was unstoppable um, with that, you know, those long black curls. Yeah. Then he shaved his head in ninety four, ninety five, and everything went wrong. <laughs> um, but the hair grew back in ninety five, ninety six, and you know he was it. he became part of that treble team in ninety nine. He got a lot of slack from Man United fans around 2003 um, when there was talks of him going to Inter Milan. His form dipped. Um, but it was around about that time he changed his game and he moved into the centre of the park and he became the type of player that could dominate games. And any time United had a big, big game up until when Fergie retired, Giggs would always be there. Giggs would always be on the team sheet. And he would always put in a decent performance. Um, so... He has to be there. Absolutely has to be there. I'm going to come along now to my luxury player on the right, okay? And this is a guy who I, you know, I really considered whether he should be in there, but Matt Letizia. Oh, brilliant. Um, I always, I always say that football is about winning trophies, but there are, there are exceptions. And for me, the light that he showed to Southampton absolutely superb stayed there for the entirety of his career um, never won a trophy won numerous individual trophies of course that, yeah. that's not that's not what football is about um, but if you were to put a, you, could, you could put together a compilation of the greatest Premier League goals just from the ones that he scored I remember that one against Southampton and oh, yeah. or the one against Newcastle yeah. where he you know he knocked it over the defender's head and then volleyed it in yeah. he scored Great goals. He scored a fantastic goal in the 6-2 defeat of Man United at the old Dell as well, um, which I didn't enjoy at the time. But looking back now, you, you can you can the afford a smile. But you know, he, he was he kind of was, he was slow. He was slack. He was you know he drifted in and out of the games, but he was totally gifted. Like he was just you know unbelievable. And he's because my midfield is so strong I have you know Vieira and Keane there you know to, to, to marshal the, the centre of the park and I have Giggs who adds a bit of flair to that midfield um, Matt Letizia is my is my luxury player very good very good Pete onto your midfield five <clears throat> so 
But it began with, like, we say, auxiliary wing-backs are really essentially wingers, but, you know, one of them certainly played as a wing-back for a good while, and he's my Irish selection, it's Damien Duff, who I thought was just electric under Mourinho in particular and when he was at Chelsea. Um, I thought he was an amazingly underrated player. Even when he played, even when he was with Fulham, he was quite good, I felt that I just thought that Duff for me, there was one Irish guy going to get in my team. It was always going to be Damien Duff. He was always one of those guys that I liked. I even like his attitude nowadays when he's telling parents of Shamrock Rovers to butt out basically from their coaching and stuff like that. You know, his attitude has always been spot on. His analysis is quite good as well. But just in terms of his, like he has won some amazing amount of silverware in his career, and you wouldn't think it could. He's such a kind of a laid back kind of a guy. Never really in the media. Well, you know, for the wrong reasons. That's yeah. just a. And yeah, for me, he, he he's on my wide and the right. Um, on the left, speaking of luxury players, I was tempted to put into Letizia in, in this line somewhere, um, but it didn't in the end. So I went with David Junola for Newcastle and Tottenham Hotspur. Is that because he's worth it? <laughs> <laughs> no, Rob. I can't believe Rob just said that. But um, no, in fairness, Junola was absolutely electrifying, and I think that you know. He was the kind of guy that in the most boring game, and there was some boring games, he could come up with something that everyone just went, oh, in the crowd, you just gasps everywhere. Um, he was lightning fast, and he wasn't exactly a very slight guy kind of thing. Like, you know, he was he was a really muscly guy, strong guy. And he liked to show it off the odd time as well. <laughs> just the odd time. <laughs> he was incredibly powerful on the right, and he got some amazing goals. So for me, you know, that would be way kind of luxury player, so to speak. Then across the middle... Um, in my opinion, the three best central midfield players to ever play in the Premier League. Starting with, um, Rob mentioned, um, he's in Rob's team, Patrick Vieira, who for me was, if we kind of break the Premier League into two cycles, the, the earlier cycle, so to speak, and we have the newer cycle now, for me, Vieira was the best player at, of his time, definitely. Um, I think he was a superior technically to Roy Keane, even though I know Rob, Rob would dispute that. Um, for me, he was just a better player all around. Ticked every single box. So, so powerful. And the guy probably next to him, who was equally ju- just 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 behind him, and we probably shouldn't forget his man, Ubuti, who also was excellent, because that team from Arsenal, in fairness to them, <coughs> through gritted teeth, were quite good. And, um, yeah, so that that's, that's Vera there. Um, I think Rob summed him up well. Frank Lampard, who was an absolute goal machine, for Chelsea over the years his longevity alone won all the honours God's gate in, in, in the game uh, you know I, I think he's actually in the top 10 goal scorer list in the Premier League I think he's way up there it's just a remarkable achievement yeah. for a guy playing midfield again a good character uh, a leader I think he was a better leader for Chelsea than Terry was really in my opinion because he did the right things at the right times popped up a lot of major goals always had the right attitude he had this unbelievable knack of arriving at the box it seemed like always like the perfect time to slot one in from the edge of the area or something he just had that knack he was a brainy enough player and then next to him Steven Gerrard who to me has been the best Premier League player of all so far um, and you're putting him into a midfield with Lampard which never really worked <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm keeping Vera in the middle you see just to kind of break up that that, that duo Steven Gerrard was the best player I've ever seen play in the Premier League, um, both live and on, on TV. I've never seen a leader like him. 
I think he has won games for Liverpool on his own through sheer will, even or, even when players around him weren't half as good as him. Um, maybe like maybe technically he didn't have that ability to go around the guy, so to speak. But I've never seen a more driven character on a football field, I would imagine. And f- for me, I just felt that <laughs> it's been a kind of a. Tr- I know Rob will disagree with this, but if there was one guy that deserved to win a league medal, it hasn't. Um, it was Gerard, and you couldn't make up the whole slip thing. I mean, that you like I did. Steven Spielberg couldn't have scripted how that happened, mm. but for me, definitely Gerard has been head and shoulders. He he's to, if it, are we going to get to it later? But he he's my definitely my favorite player of all Premier League teams. Pete, cheers for that. Cheers for the midfield. Um, I'll just put my midfield out there very quickly against yours. Um, I've gone for two holding. Um, the the word holding now. I I think. Two will hold, but one will go at all times, as Roy Keane and Vieira. I think we've summed two of those up pretty well. And then I'm going to put three midfielders in front of them. I have Gerrard just in front of them. And I have put Ronaldo on one wing, and I have Robert Perez on the other wing. I, I just thought, incredible, technically gifted. Uh, some of his goals, and I think for more so, was his link-up play with Henry as well. I thought it was just phenomenal, and it made that Arsenal team tick. Um, you used to have Lumber coming in off the uh, one side, but Perez was just a mainstay on that, the other side of the Arsenal midfield at that time. I thought he was awesome. We're on to the men who are going to get the goals for these teams. Rob, who are your men up front? You have two. Well, I'm, first of all, I'm going to go with my favourite player of all time, um, and that's Eric Cantona. Oh, I'm delighted. Um, I think I think he changed the Premier League um, when when he arrived. I mean, look, he played with Leeds. The Leeds team that won the league in ninety one, ninety two. Um, but when he signed for United, it just took him onto a total different plateau altogether. Um, he was the final piece of that jigsaw, as people say. That that Ferguson team, yeah. you know, he added goals. Um, and what what he what what he did was. He he scored goals and one nil wins, you know. Constantly. Constantly. Yeah. Constantly. And you know, when 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 the Premier League started, I think in the first weekend of the Premier League there was like thirteen foreign players in the league. And oh, most yeah. most of them were Scandinavian or, or whatever, so there wasn't yeah. much of a culture shock for him. Because of his success, the Premier League changed and clubs started going out to France and, you know, to Italy and yeah. to Germany to source players. More money flooded in, more foreigners came in. So the reason we have so many great players in the league now from all over the world is 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 a lot to do with Eric Cantona and his success. Um, people people say he never did it in Europe. For me, that's totally wrong because um, he he played in the Champions League in ninety four, ninety five, ninety three, ninety four. United lost out in the qualifying to get into the Champions League. Ninety four, ninety five. He played in the group stage. But United were restricted, were restricted in terms of who they could Players, play because yeah. of the foreigner rule. I remember one particular game at the New Camp where him and Peter Schmeichel were sitting up in the stands. And right. United I, were getting Irish torn players were yeah. Well United were, were getting time. torn apart by Romario and Stoichkov yeah. and our two best players were in the stands, you know. Um, in 96-97, he was pivotal in getting us to, uh, to, to the to the semi-final against Dortmund when we got knocked out. He scored a great goal against Porto at Old Trafford. So he did do it in Europe. Um and I think it's a bit of a myth when people say that he didn't do it. 95-96, with that young United team, the class of 92, that came in and Alan Hansen said, you know, you can't win things things with kids. And United had a disastrous start to the season. That's he came right. back in October and everything changed. He scored the penalty against Liverpool. And the amount of games that United won, one nil from the spectacular goals that he scored. I remember Spurs at Old Trafford. Spurs at Old Trafford, yeah. He 
you know, pivoted it's across the the, the 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 edge of the box and hit a shot, which went past um, Walker. He scored a cracker against Arsenal as well, and in the goal against Newcastle. And the great thing about Eric Cantona is he went out on top. You know, he realised that the, he realised that you know the, the the team was going to change, that the the youngsters were taking over, and and he just retired and walked away from football. And he's he's just his whole character, his persona, his presence, his skill. Fantastic, fantastic. I, I think we could nearly do a podcast on Cantona alone, but yeah, it's very hard to disagree with any of that, Rob. My favourite player, and alongside him is a guy I was absolutely gutted when Man United didn't sign him in um, 96 and he opted to sign for Newcastle, mm. um, which I think was an absolutely crazy decision because he would have won everything at Man United. Uh, Alan Shearer and it was his second time actually rejecting United wasn't it second time he rejected him when he was at Southampton as well to go to Blackburn um, when Jack Walker and Kenny Daglish convinced him Um, there are contrasting reports on whether he wanted to sign for Man United or wanted to sign for Newcastle but look he went back to his boyhood club he's a legend there he ended up as a top goal scorer of of all time um, in the Premier League with 260 goals he scored all different types of goals tap-ins free kicks spectacular volleys from outside the box and in terms of just the sheer numbers of scoring goals in in a very very average Newcastle team I think he has to be in there um, as as my striker and my goal scorer and just I just want to mention two players that I had to leave out as well Andy Cole a very 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 underrated striker he never gets mentioned um, yet he's the second all-time top scorer in the Premier League again scored all types of goals bicycle kicks tap-ins had that great relationship with Dwight York, won the treble with Man United, had a great career. And for me, the best dead-eye finisher I've ever seen, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Ah, come on. What a player. Pete, <laughs> give me your two strikers. Um, first one is... I'm going to play one guy off another, so to speak. So I'm going to put Gianfranco Zola just in behind Thierry Henry. So they're my two. Uh, Zola who was just a magician in my opinion and he wasn't really just a luxury player because he actually worked really hard as well you know um, the goals he got the things he could do with the football were just ridiculous and I was surprised that um, in ways he was probably underestimated would that be fair to say that like, like he, he actually when you see like, like Robin yourself I was looking at these Premier League 11s and Google and all this kind of jazz and like it was all kind of share on on reads, and which is fair enough. Like when we share, we're incredible goal scorer, or whatever. But it just for me, like if you, if, a lot of it watching football is trying to enjoy it, and it's not just about putting the ball in the net. Like the stuff he could do with football was incredible, and he was he, he for me he was was just a, a genius. And aside, alongside him, uh, Henri, who was a ruthless finisher, kind of like. A better version of Robin Van Persie, you know. He was just he had absolutely everything, left, right. He did it in so many leagues as well. To be fair, and in fairness, look, Wenger gets a lot of flack. Probably deserve a lot of credit for putting him in a position where he was, because I think he was out in the wing mm-hmm. earlier his career at Juventus yeah. in Serie A. So uh, Wenger deserve a lot of credit for that. Saw the potential there, put him in a position where he just got a lot of goals. And when you see him cutting in from, from a wide area in attack, you think, oh my God, there's something coming here as an opposition fan. So yeah, Terry Henry and Gianfranco's all. 
Very good. Um, I'm going with the, the two obvious choices, as the lads have probably just pointed out to me, in terms of Thierry Henry and Alan Shearer. I think uh, it's just deadly, deadly written all over from um, all sides. Um, that's our teams. I'm going to give you a very quick recap on the teams before we move on to a few other smaller topics on the, the 25 years. So Rob has gone with a 4-4-2, which can revert into a 4-3-3. We've looked at David Seaman and goal, Lee Dixon, Paul McGrath, Marcel Desailly, Stuart Pearce. Vieira and Keane hold in the middle with Ryan Giggs and Letizia on the wings and Cantona uh, supporting Alan Shearer. Pete has gone with a 3-5-2 with three centre-halves uh, in front of Peter Schmeichel of Nemanja Village, Gary Pallister and Ledley King. He has Ginola and Duff on the wings uh, operating that kind of Jose Mourinho uh, wing-back position. We have Vieira, Lampard and Gerrard and then Zola supporting Thierry Henry and I have gone with David De Gea, Vincent Company, John Terry, Ashley Cole Keenan Vieira with a three in front of them of Gerard, Ronaldo and Perez with Henry supporting Alan Shearer up front. I think you'll agree that they are three serious teams. Um, we'd love to hear and from you on our social media channels what your top 11 is, including one Irish player and uh, a maximum of one Irish. It's not restricted to just one and three players from any one club. We'd be very interested to hear what you have to say on that. Lads, we're going to wrap up with a few very quick-fire ones. Uh, Pete, you've already said Stephen Gerrard's your best player of the 25 years. Rob, give it to me quick. Eric Cantona, purely for his impact on the league. Excellent stuff. Uh, lads, over the few years, of the 25 years, there's been some serious flops. I'm going to give you my one, Angel Di Maria. Oh, I was so looking forward to seeing him joining a team with Falcao up front. and He, he actually nearly comes in the second place in terms of flops in the Premier League. But uh, I was so looking forward to how he was going to dawn New Year for United. He started off the season... Oh, like a train on fire. Some immense pieces of skill, talent, and just died of death, unfortunately. Have you got any who who'd fall into that category for you? Um, well, my flop is kind of a success as well, and that's Fernando Torres. Uh, he was brilliant at Liverpool, and then when Chelsea signed him, um, I think it was 2011-12 season, I thought Chelsea would go on and dominate you know, English football for a couple of years, just purely from his goals, but he turned out to be um, not a great player there, but still ended up winning the Champions League somehow so uh, while he underwhelmed in terms of individual performances um, he still he still did win things and he scored buckets, bucket loads of goals at Liverpool yeah very very fair point Pete have you anything to add to that yeah just a quick one just, just throwing Shevchenko only with the Chelsea that time given his status in the game you would expect it far more yeah, I think I think two of the two of other ones that I think uh, Middlesbrough will have uh, nightmares about Alves and Macaroni, uh, two big name signs for them, two relegation battles and two uh, two relegations followed that. Uh, lads, we're going to wrap up very quickly here on your favourite goal over the twenty five years. I'm going to throw out some right straight away. The first two that come to mind are Leeds United players Tony Aboa, that absolute screamer, and uh, I also had a look at Rod Wallace versus Spurs. If you can remember that goal. Yeah ran from his own box down yeah. along the left-hand side, crossed in, curled it, Thierry Henry-esque. You know, I honestly think if there was a goal like that scored by the Henrys, they'd be still talking about it. It was an absolutely immense goal. You have Wayne Rooney's Newcastle goal against Newcastle, the voller, the trunker of a volley, and you also have the, the shinner into the top corner with the bicycle. Don't uh, forget Daly and Atkinson's goal for Aston Villa as well. From the very early days. I think it was the first season, was it, goal mm-hmm. of the year? Yeah, very fair point. And... Um, I don't know about you, but my, my favourite uh, Premiership goal would have been uh, Dennis Bordcamp. And a guy that never came up in any of our teams, um, again, probably due to the restrictions, but his goal against Leicester City was immense. And uh, trying to decide between his goal against Leicester and his goal against Newcastle, it, it, it's very hard. Have you any ones that I'm missing out here? Just on a personal level, I was at the game when Danny Rose got the bullet from outside the box against Arsenal. 
um, I said the pack's an upper behind it, looking right down at an angle at it, and the ball just flew like a rocket into the net. And it was an amazing moment. For um, Paul Scholes' goal against Aston Villa at uh, Villa Park as well, the volley. Slightly better than the one against Bradford? Yeah, because it was in the top corner. Okay, yeah. And look, anything that hits the crossbar and goes in <laughs> always makes it sweeter, doesn't it? Guys, I hope you've enjoyed our Paper Talk Extra this week where we've had a look down through the last 25 years of Premiership football. We could have been at this for hours and hours and hours. Unfortunately, it's back to the day job. Join us again next week for more Paper Talk Extra. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mm. 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 Mm.